as much as I love Clay, he's slipping. There was a time when Clay Thompson was the best two-way guard in the NBA. And he's not the same guy. And that's because of injuries. Now, can, is he done? No, I don't think he's done. I think he's slowing down and is catching up. with. That's why he's frustrated. Oh, I got one thing to say. So, uh, you know, it hurts when uh, someone like Charles Barkley with the platform he has says you're not the same player prior to the injuries you have. It's like, no duh, man. Consecutive years, I tore my ACL on my Achilles in consecutive years and still help the team win a championship. I mean, they hurt hearing that. Because it's like, man, I put in so much freaking effort to get back to this point. Like, it's hard to even put into words what I had to do to be the player I am today. And it's like, played 55, 57 games in three years. Like, give me some freaking time to get that back. I told you first night, I said, it's Kaminga and Wiseman. And, you know, Poole and Wiggins. Those two guys going to have to carry the Warriors if they're going to repeat. Carry them? Carry them. Curry. Carry Steph them. Curry has any part of oh, yeah, carry. No, I, I counted him. No, you didn't. Oh, I, I counted Steph. Okay. But the young guys going to have to and You don't think Clay can be that part of it. I want to address this Clay Thompson. To Please, bro. So now, what would be uh, the thing you want to say on top I, of that? I was disappointed that he thought he took it personally. Um, I went. I, I, I said a few years ago he was the best two-way guard in the NBA. But because of age and injuries, he's not the same player. I didn't say he was a bomb. I'm saying he's not the same player he was. Did you, did you expect him to be the same player? No, but I would, I would ask. I was talking about what I've been seeing. Going back, I and mean, I can go back to the finals. When I went back to the finals last year, I'm saying, like, man, he's... And he says, give him time. No, you don't get... When you get older, time ain't your friend. I love Clay, and I... Back to back with it. Hey yo, this is King No Nonsensor. 
got the new episode for y'all niggas today called Stat Atlanta. And no, this is not a stat quo tribute show. I just feel like everything that I've been doing fits the topic that I'm going to talk about today. Now, I appreciate all y'all for giving me more views, my TikTok followers, my Instagram followers, my Facebook followers, my Twitter followers, Twitter gang, gang, gang. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate all y'all for tuning in, actually giving a fuck and actually listening to what the fuck I got to say, whether you agree or disagree. You know one thing. I will never give a fuck about what anybody say. I just wanted to give y'all some appreciation. Monday morning, it's a new week, new money, new situation. Let's get to it. Now, let's ask the hard questions. We're going to get to the the, the big stat games, right? We're not going to talk about last night's game, but we are going to talk about insane stat lines a little bit later on. But I got a million dollar question, man. Gary, y'all not gonna like the question. Is Clay Thompson washed up? Um, that's a hard question to answer because it's a little early in the season. I know I hate that excuse, but you need a long time. You need at least a season and a half to figure out if somebody's washed. Now with Ben Simmons, I don't need that long amount of time because Ben Simmons ain't never been elite. That nigga ain't never done nothing. He hasn't won a championship. He's never done nothing, really. And this man hasn't even scored 10 points this entire season in one game. I told y'all last show, don't fuck with me. But no, Klay Thompson isn't washed up. I think Klay is in one of the worst shooting slumps of his career. And that's okay because Steph was in a a bad shooting slump at one point. But nobody was saying that Stephen Curry was washed up. However, I do agree with what Charles Barkley did have to say about Klay Thompson. And what he said about Draymond Green, especially Draymond Green. We'll get to him in a moment. I feel like Clay should still start. But I think you should cut his minutes. I think that could be the solution. I would play Clay in the first quarter. I wouldn't play him in the second quarter. I wouldn't play him in the third quarter. I'd play him in the fourth quarter. Because that's when he hits all the big shots. Like, it just seems like Clay is just throwing up shit and chucking jump shots. It seems like he's shot jacking. More so than looking for the right shot. Yes, Clay is older. And he's coming off of two major injuries. I do agree with that. I do understand why Clay was hurt by Charles Barkley because Charles Barkley is a legend. And when the legends tell the hard truth, it does hurt when you're an elite basketball player who's won four championships, four more championships than Chuck, by the way. No disrespect to Charles, but it is what it is. The facts are the facts. 
thing is, bro, I just feel like once Thompson shakes this shooting slump, I think he'll be fine. Will he be the player that he once was? No. But will he be helpful to the team later on down the line? Yes, because experience helps you more than athleticism sometimes. In Clay's situation, he's delegated to a three-point shooter, a guy that can get hot and heavy. A lot of those guys on Golden State are like that. Clay's uh, shooting slump is one of the reasons why Golden State isn't winning games. I mean, what are they now? They're like five and eight, right? Double check that just to make sure, because I know how y'all niggas is. Y'all want to make sure. Y'all want to prove me wrong so fucking bad. Like, dude, I don't care about being wrong, nigga. Think I give a fuck about that? You must be smoking crack. Yeah, they're five and eight. I was right. I think they shake this shit off. That's just me. But I feel like the Warriors are missing something. More so. Because, you know, in the past, you had Sean Livingston and Andre Iguodala coming off the bench, you know, getting the bench troops in line. Maybe Iguodala may need to suit up. Because there's no leader off the bench. Jordan Poole, he wants to do superstar shit off the bench when I feel like, I'm going to be honest with y'all. Again, y'all might not like this, but I don't give a fuck. I feel like Clay should still start for sure, but I think Jordan Poole should start. I really do. I think him and Steph would be like Dame and CJ. Then, then it's going to be Jordan Poole don't play no defense. Jordan Poole don't play no defense. That's going to be next, right? The Warriors don't fucking play defense anyway. What's it going to hurt to have a guy that can average 16, 17 points? But Jordan Poole's struggles, I definitely, y'all not going to like this. I do relate it to the punch. I'm sorry. Like, these young niggas is not built like the older players. They're just not. You get into a situation where you get embarrassed like that in front of the public, you're going to feel a type of way. Like I told you last show, Jordan Poole feels like he was left for dead in that situation. Yes, he signed the extension. Of course, he's not going to demand a trade from the Warriors. That would be dumb. But what I'm saying is, these young niggas' psyches ain't like these old niggas' psyches. Them old niggas can squab at practice, come back, and act like nothing ever happened. It's going to take a while for Jordan Poole to get over this situation. A lot of people might not agree with me, but I'm telling you, how these young niggas program these days, bro, it is what it is. Which leads me to my next question about the Warriors. Should Clay or Draymond come off the bench? Yeah. I mean, I know, I know. Hearing those two things kind of triggers y'all, huh? 
as I said before, I answered my own question about Clay. I say no. However, I do feel like Jordan Poole should be inserted into the starting lineup because we all know that the Warriors play horrible defense this year. And I'm pretty sure that they know that. I also think that Andre Iguodala should suit up. Not going to hold you. I don't think he's played all season, but maybe a couple of appearances. Andre Iguodala said, you know, before the season, if I have to do, if I have to come into the game, the young niggas are not doing their job. And the young niggas are not doing their job. So Andre, suit up, sir. Your team needs you. I'm not saying that Andre Iguodala is going to come through and save the day and score 20 points. No, it's the small things, the leadership. You know, some of the same things that you give Draymond Green excuses for. Because Iguodala was there when it was him and Sean Livingston leading the bench throughout the Warriors dynasty tenure. So, now, a lot of y'all niggas is not going to like what I have to say when I say this, though. Watch this. I think Draymond Green should come off the bench. I said it. I said it. I said it. I don't care. I don't care. Because what is he doing as a starter? I'll tell you what he's doing. Let's pull up some stats, man. Let's put up, what is Draymond doing for this team right now? I feel like Draymond Green can play that Iguodala role off the bench. Currently, damn, he's averaging a lot more than I thought he was. He's averaging eight points per game, six rebounds, six assists. Oh, well, I say seven assists. 6.4 rebounds. Wow. This man used to average a double-double, bro. You play all these minutes. He plays what? Okay, how many minutes? He plays 30 minutes per game. You can't average 10 points. You can't get 9 rebounds. Nobody asking you to score 20 points per game. That's not what I want out of Draymond Green. Seven assists is right. That's what you got. But how old is this man? This man is 32 years old. And declining. That's not good. This is dedicated to the you know what I'm saying? Now from day one. Welcome to Death Row. Like we always do about this stuff. <laughs> but my thing is, right? Um... Offensively, Draymond used to be good, man. Like back in the day when he was like 24, 25, 26-ish. But he's 32. The jump shot is gone. The rebounding is gone. The defense is declining because obviously the team is not playing good defense. So he's a part of the team. That means he's not playing good defense either. 
either. Draymond Green hasn't shut nobody down in a long time. Not anybody relevant. And I would feel like those eight points would be more valuable off the bench. Here's why. I mean, Stephen Curry's having like an MVP year. And it's wasting it. I'll tell you a story. Yes, nigga, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you a story. And you going to listen. All right? The Detroit Pistons. And I, what year was this? I think this was 1990. I think this was 1990. Right? The Pistons started off horrible. It could have been 89, 88. I don't know. I think it might be 89. The Pistons started off the season awful. And they had just acquired Mark Aguirre via trade. Aguirre in his prime would average like 20, 26, 27 a game. And he was starting alongside Isaiah and Joe Dumars and Lambeer and, and Rodman. I mean, not Rodman, but uh, but uh, back to what I was saying though, right? Mark Aguirre looked at the team and was like, look, Dennis, Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman was the sixth man, originally. And Mark McGuire was like, look, bro, I think you need to start. And Dennis Rodman was like, what? I think you need to start because it will help because you can defend every team's best player. And once they did the switch, they ended up winning back-to-back championships. And Aguirre became the sixth man and played a whole lot better. And I feel like Jordan Poole and Draymond Green need to make this switch because the Warriors can get some early offense. It'd be a lot more high scoring and they can hide their defensive weaknesses. You know, the lineup would be obviously Curry, Poole, uh, uh, Clay, Wiggins, and Kevon Looney. It seems like Wiseman is not quite ready to take the torch from Looney as the starting center. So, my thoughts on that is, I feel like Draymond Green coming off the bench would help those young guys like Moses Moody, like Dante DiVincenzo, like Jamichael Green, James Wiseman, Jonathan Kaminga. I think that would actually help those boys, having Draymond Green out there with that unit. Just like Sean Livingston, just like Andre Iguodala. Y'all call Draymond Green this ultimate teammate ultimate glue guy, right? We'll put some pressure on him and ask him to come off the bench because offensively he's pedestrian. He's shooting 25% from three. Jesus Christ. 
I feel like this would be the change that the Warriors need to make. Or, or you could try and trade for, like, a true point guard. I mean, Rajon Rondo is out there. I think a Rondo could help that second unit get their shit together. Because Rondo's leadership has led him to two championships. And that could be the missing piece right there if you don't want to move Draymond to the bench. I still think Draymond should come off the bench, even if they get a Rondo. Trade for y'all. 
y'all. That's gonna take up too much time. I spent a long time on this warrior shit. So I will do that offline. But speaking of Joe Harris, the Nets are trying to trade him. I mean, but here's the thing. I don't think the Nets are gonna go for it unless Philadelphia mortgages their future. You know, the future that they spent trading for James Harden. They definitely could have used them picks now, couldn't they? But here's the thing, though. I mean, yes, Joe Harris only had one good season, and in that playoffs, he was a complete pedestrian. He was completely horrible. So bad that I was calling that man Ho Harris. Joe Harris is garbage. I hate to say it. The Nets gambled on him and lost. Badly. They lost something terrible on that gamble by paying that man all that money. That white boy did not deserve that fucking money that he got paid. I'm sorry. But not sorry. And I see a scenario where... You know, if Durant is traded to the 76ers, the Sixers would have to take Joe Harris. You know how Brooklyn is. They want the lion's share for this nigga Kevin Durant. Because teams are starting to want to re-engage with Durant because the Nets have been up and down all season. But the Nets are streaking, so let's see what happens. Carmelo Anthony wants to sign to a new team this week. I mean, you may want that, but do they want that? I love Carmelo. I feel like Carmelo should be in the league. But I feel like Carmelo can get you 15 points off the bench. Easy. And one-on-one, he's still a nightmare, even at his age. Not the best defensive player in the world, but Melo can help a lot of contenders, I mean, shit, he should go back to the Nuggets, you know what I'm saying, he's a franchise player, you have two of the best franchise players on the same roster, and Jokic and Melo, I think that would be good for that team. Uh, Kate Cunningham to miss one week due to shin soreness. That's a that's a that's a uh, that's tough. Even though Killian Hayes has been playing better as of late, that kid's not a starter. But unfortunately, he has to start. But Hayes has been playing better in Kate's absence. Kobe White is on the trading block for the uh, Chicago Bulls. I mean, why not? I mean, you can you could possibly bring in another piece to uh, you know um, make your team better. I'm just saying this is going to be very interesting. Uh, the Miami Heat are looking to acquire Jay Crowder and Jakob Pertle in a three-team deal. 
this can actually happen. Phoenix, San Antonio, and Miami. Phoenix has been trying to trade them. They have mutual interest in a possible trade. I definitely think that this should happen. And I think that this would be a very good look. I mean, Jakob Pertl and Jay Crowder on the heat again. Oh, man. Yeah, that would help Miami get a step closer to the East because the East is crowded now. You got motherfucking Cleveland and Atlanta knocking on the door. You got Milwaukee sitting comfortably at the top. You got Miami in the middle. Philly, we don't know. I mean, Joel Embiid has played amazing as of late in the absence of James Harden. So Philly's still in that conversation. You got Toronto, the underdog. You got Boston, the uh, defending Eastern Conference champs. You got Chicago with three-star players, including one superstar. So I think that this deal could put Miami back towards the top with Milwaukee and Boston. Julius Randle has also been in the, you know, Miami have interest in Julius Randle. Now, me personally, dude, I love this. I would love to have that deal. I would love to make that happen. But Miami would have to give up a little bit in order to retain Julius Randle's services because Randle got the max. He got the max deal. You understand? He got the max deal. I mean, who would you give up, really? I mean, obviously, Jimmy and Bam are staying. Bam will play the five, Randall will play the four. So, I don't necessarily, you know, see how they can make that happen. I mean, you got Duncan Robinson's contract, got Kyle Lowry, of course, contract, Max Struess, Gabe Vincent, uh, Caleb Martin. You can throw those guys into that deal. And then you're trying to get Crowder and Pirtle, too. Yo, imagine if Miami, you know, Pat Riley is a boss-ass GM. You can imagine what if they actually got all three of those guys. If they got Randall, Crowder, and Pirtle... Miami would be up there with Milwaukee and Boston. They would be right there. Those would be the moves to put them above an underdog underdog Chicago, an underdog Cleveland, and an underdog Atlanta. Because now you add toughness in Crowder, 3 and D. You add a big man in Pirtle, who's probably going to come off the bench. 
but he's better than Dwayne Detman for sure. Then you add Randall. We don't know. We wouldn't know the starting lineup. We we just know it'd be Jimmy Bam and and, and, and uh, uh, Randall. Who are you giving up? And what are you getting back exactly? Those are the questions that you need to answer in that scenario. You can't want the world and not expect to give anything in return. Now let's go over last night's crazy stats before I get the fuck up out of here, right? We're not going to go over the games. I just seen some stats last night that were eye-popping, that fucked my soul up. Josh Giddy, 24.10 rebounds, 12 assists. Shea Gilgis Alexander, 37.5 rebounds, 8 assists. Insane. Yeah, because I got to go team by team and whatnot, man. Because I see some stats yesterday that killed me. Darius Garland. Oh my God. DG, man. Wow, I didn't know D'Angelo Russell had 30 points and 12 assists last night. Went completely under the radar. I don't I still don't see why Minnesota wants to trade him. That's shit weird. But Darius Garland had 51 points last night. 16 of 31. From the field, 9 of 13 from 3. This kid went crazy. I just wish he could do that when I fucking bet on him. But I'm not going to get personal. Joel Embiid. Oh, my God, man. Joel Embiid. Oh, my goodness. This dude went nuts. 59 points, 11 rebounds, 8 assists. Can you imagine if this dude could average... 30, 12, and 6 on the regular like Giannis. This guy would be the MVP for real. If he plays like this for the rest of this season, like it was feed and bead. This guy went insane. Like that Embiid game was wild. Anthony Davis last night. Anthony Davis needs to play like this the rest of the season. Now, that's how you play Anthony Davis. That's the top three player Anthony Davis from 2020. We got 2020 bubble bubble wrap Anthony Davis right there. 37 points, 18 rebounds. Do I think he's going to continue to play like that? Hell no. 
But it's good to see you, Anthony Davis. Welcome to the NBA season, nigga. And with that being said, it's King Known Uncensored.